with a hot dog. Couple of critics, couple of critics. Come on, babies, and do the twist. Come on, baby, do the twist. You're missing words. Don't take me by my little hand and go like this. <laughs> Come on, Michelle. Come on, baby. <laughs> Let's do the twist. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> Let's do the twist. Then <laughs> I take it by the hand. <laughs> it goes like this. That's called the finger horn. This is also called the finger horn. That didn't work very well. Ah, dig. Rock and roll music. I can really get it all out of the scene. Did I get that right? Uh, it, Inflection <laughs> and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they probably mumbled a little less, but sure. Look at the scene. You look, you look warm in that hat. I am warm. Take the hat off, Sam. No one's looking at you. Yes. Let that head breathe. Let that heat escape. Heat rises right out the dome. Heat rises to the top. I'll blast your dome. Pew, pew. Straight to the dome. It sounds... Fucking hot, dude. I, I, Yes, brother. You also have a belly button full of lint as you have pulled your <laughs> shirt up. Speaking of to... belly button, I'm getting unhappy with the size of my stomach. It's getting a little out of control. My titties are getting a little too big. I gotta, I gotta do something. But here's the kicker: I don't want to do anything. Tell me about it. <laughs> I've been there for a while. Well, this is the first time I've really been like, hmm, starting to affect the way I move and the I've way I do things. Two big titties and a big <laughs> fucking belly as well. I think. Maybe I shouldn't eat two meals at the same time. <laughs> I eat so much fucking food. You don't. I'm being you, Sam. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. I eat too much food. You eat two meals at a time. I to explain. You eat two meals worth of food at a time. Not all the time. A lot of the time. So okay, let's say we're taking time. a trip to Skyline Chili. Yeah. You get a large chili. Topped full of cheese and chili. A large with three noodles. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And you get two hot dogs with cheese hot on it. Hot dogs with cheese. And a soda. Okay. And then sometimes, like on. That's too other- much food. It's unfair if I'm in a world where that's too much food. I think for one person that's too much. A large, oh, no. a large chili with that's mostly noodles and cheese. I'm, yes. I- I would say that's too much food because I will order two dogs conies. about to make us mad. I think two conies is enough. Two hot dogs with chili and cheese and maybe some, sometimes they get garlic toast. Sometimes I just eat crackers. But uh, I think that that is a more, more reasonable meal for one person. Sure, it's a lot of carbs, but it's not an entire large chili and a, a woman-sized meal, I guess. <laughs> I let don't me, know. Let me ask you this. Do you think just from sheer portion downsizing, I could potentially lose belly? Yes. Just from that yes. only? Yes. Caloric intake okay. means a lot. So if I'm at 
a large three-way and two single wiener buns with cheese. Should I get it down to a regular three-way and one hot dog? If you think, I I would say so. I would say so. What day do I have to give up the extra side item of the hot dog? Because this How is... fast do you want to lose them titties, boy? <laughs> I am tired of having little A cups. <laughs> imagine having double D cups. I couldn't imagine having your tits on my body. I'd for, like to for, see it, though. For two reasons. One, you could do what, Art the Clown uh, already Art did. Clown. It was someone else. <laughs> and two, just that sheer weight, just dragging that around all the time in an awkward place. It's not like it's on top of my shoulders or like on my hands. I wish it's like right here. A man could experience. <laughs> well, have you seen that YouTube video where they. I'm saying when we recently played Putt Putt. Yeah. <laughs> Put on a heavy sack of double D's on your chest and then try and put your arms together then appropriately. It's not even weight then. That's like actual shape. It's an obstruction. <laughs> You're right. I don't see too many LPGA golfers with giant gazumbos. I mean, John Daly's doing a good job. <laughs> but I don't think his think tits a, are quite as big as well, mine. Well, it's because he's got a giant dong in there. He uses the... Inertia of that thing to propel him forward in the swing. Oh, he's like a pendulum yeah, swinging, exactly. literally. Okay, well, it's well, like. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Couple of Critics Podcast. I am Michelle. I am Sasam. Sasam. Yeah, yeah, two uh, syllables in there. And as I said, You're Samuel. Damn it. Damn it, it was there the whole time. Sam Poe. I wanted to be like either I'm saying Caesarian or like I'm Snoop Dogg, where I'm like, Sazam. Oh, well, it just sounded like you were Ruben stuttered. <laughs> <laughs> Stuttering and stammering. Why can't we talk normal? <laughs> you had to make it Ruben stutter. Because if we talked normal, people wouldn't be listening to us, which we don't have a lot of people listening to us, <laughs> people anyway. listening to us anyway. I'm sure our numbers are atrociously low. I don't look. I, w- I would be curious to know it, it, how much of a fraction it is. Maybe our fifth anniversary special coming up should be our last. <laughs> Maybe it's just not worth it to do this anymore because no one is listening except for just a few family members and well, some friends. Here's the reason we don't have any. Li- well, a low listenership. Well, we stopped we videos. Well, that too. That, that, that never really helped. We but can't advertise really. And I've already had one episode taken down off of Spotify that I've been informed about from, like, that company. They took down one episode because of copyright claims, so it hasn't happened yet. But I do expect a day where all of a sudden it's like, sorry, we can't make it because you can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> well. And then we got to shift to something else. We'll see if it's worth puttering out until that happens <laughs> or if we should t- take what little we have and just do something different. I, I like doing a podcast, honestly. But there's a little bit of a chore when you have to listen to something that you don't enjoy. It's really, it, it, it's, it sometimes is hard. There's no sometimes about that part. The fun, the most fun part is this right now. (laughs) The prep is what sucks ass. Yeah, there we do. We make ourselves do homework, and it doesn't even suck that much. It's just 
No, it's just, but this is something that we're kind of a-holes about. So this is <laughs> kind of the whole idea of forcing us out of our comfort zone. Exactly. Because we like what we like. So we carry on for the 12 listeners. Here we go. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I know it's more than that. If it's like 30 an episode. It's more than that. You don't know. You haven't looked. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. You know what I do know? I know that. There's a Spider-Man character called Spiders Man. It was just a bunch of sentient spiders that made up one man. Like a bunch of kids trying to sneak into a restaurant in yeah, one big in one trench coat. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But these were spiders. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Eight-Legged Freaks on Couple of Critics Podcast. I don't believe I have... Well, wait. No, we did. We did the whole uh, introduction thing because then you did yeah. the Sasam. You did. We did. The Sasamian section. We can move on. We can almost start listening to the reason we're here. I would say that it's probably a good time. So I said something at the end of the podcast because at the end of every episode, we say what the next thing is. So if you want to listen or check something out for yourself, you can be prepared. I guess that's why we do it. I don't know that it was ever really a thought out plan. What? As far as giving the person the next thing. What do you mean? When the way we give the next thing at the oh, end of no. the episode, nothing was planned. It's not necessarily for the uh, for it's like for the, the listener. listener. That's what Is I always it? assumed it was. I don't really. I never really knew why for, we started doing it. It's for it. the other cast member and the listener. Um, well, yeah, I just thought it was a nice format. I think to I've, do it for the the guest, but <laughs> the po- I think that the it's good for the listener if they care. I remember things were so untalked about. In the early episode, the very first episode in particular, we didn't even talk about if we were going to play whole songs or not. Remember, I was like fading out and you were like, why the fuck are you fading out songs? And I was like, I I don't think we can listen to full songs. And then we did and have. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I mean, how like shallow hallelujah. Shallow how? So it's weird you brought that up. Wait till the end of the next podcast we record. Okay, what, are we going to talk about Jason Alexander having no, a tail? No, we're going to watch Shallow Hell. Uh, no, we're not. I'm lying. Uh, uh, so I gave you an album that I pack? said uh, that I consider to be flawless. I used that word, and that's a pretty okay. strong word, I would say. I don't remember said word, but okay. Flawless. Uh, we listened to and we'll be reviewing the album Core, which is the debut album by Stone Temple Pilots. We have previously listened to Purple, which was their second album okay thank you for telling me that because i knew we did a stone temple pilots album but i was unaware of which one no it had like interstate love song okay. on it and such no interstate love song it goes like this right i want to run through your wicked guy <laughs> this is all i'm just fucking with you i'm aware this is where the cameras would have come in handy i suppose because they the just stare down that you just gave for me? the stare down let's get this started uh stone temple pilots core 1992 dead and bloated so this was not a single but this song is this album is still popular enough not only was it their highest selling album at like eight million copies just in the U.S., not worldwide, and uh, 
it still gets a ton of radio play. This album does. A oh, lot I thought of, you were particularly going to say something about this song. Well, so even though it's not a single, there are songs from this that have gotten radio play that aren't actually singles. There are only three songs from this album that are singles. But I wonder why I knew this song if it wasn't a single because I've never because it might have gotten radio play and just okay. been in the world. Yeah, because sometimes WBN. that has happened that they just play other songs from albums that they like. And this, I would say that the singles, at least, two of them in particular, are still in heavy rotation on rock radio. So. Stone Temple Files is a fucking huge deal. So, I know that you had said something that you were curious how they got this sound. How they got such a big sound on this being their debut album, because sometimes... Oh, yeah. This was outside of the podcast. You said that a lot of times some people will... Their debut album sounds rougher and just not as polished. This is like Pearl Jam. Like their first album was super produced. This sounds super produced. Well, they got. They're on Atlantic. That's the label, which is. It's a known label. And the, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the producer is Brendan O'Brien. Okay. Who worked. I've clicked on his name before because we did a Pearl Jam episode. Oh, so wow. He has, so fortuitous that I just said his name. So, Brendan O'Brien. That I just brought up Pearl Jam. So, ACDC, Pearl Jam, SDP, Soundgarden, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bob Dylan, Rage Against the Machine, Bruce Springsteen. He also did a bunch of new metal stuff for Corn, Lump Biscuit, Incubus. Like, he is just okay. a rock and roll record producer from the sound. What's his name it. again? Brendan O'Brien. Brendan O'Brien. Interesting. Now, Part of that production story is, though, how did they get this opportunity to be on Atlantic? Were they members of some like local group like that was already so doing shit? They, so they were doing a lot of local stuff. They are not a technical... They are not a Seattle grunge band. Okay. And they didn't... So they get lumped in that whole scene easily? Not only that, critics fucking hated them. Really? In the beginning. Really? Yeah, so I did watch a little documentary. Uh, when they first came out, Rolling Stone had like a year of episode. Episode. Uh, God damn it. Why can't I think of what a magazine thing would be called? An issue. That's the word. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> they considered Stone Temple Pilots the worst new band. Really? <laughs> In the same issue... There were critics' opinions and there were fans' opinions. The fans voted Stone Temple Pilots as one of the best top three new bands Whoa. of the year. <laughs> so a lot of people, yeah, critics suck. There were a <laughs> there were a <laughs> lot of people who. Well, we're starting this out by giving this. We're giving each other usually things that we already like. So we're starting from a different place. We're not just trashing on just things in the world that we know that we're going to hate and we want to say funny, mean things about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'll put 20% of that in there. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I'm talking personally. I'm going to burn the world. So, yeah, critics were awful to them in the beginning and made fun of them a lot and said, you know, even... There's a clip out there of David Spade doing his Hollywood Minute thing, and he said, I liked Stone Temple Pilots the first time I heard them as Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam. And, okay, yeah. uh, because of the voice? I think that's part of it. You know, 
He doesn't have that. He's only got it at the end of words when he's going like right at the end. He's nowhere near as that I, voice is like Lane Staley. Well, and obviously Eddie Vedder is the king of that yeah. voice, but like Scott Stapp, way more mm-hmm. than him. And they move away from this grunge sound yep. after this album, right? And this I mean, was- eventually get in there. She was a sour girl day that she left. That's well, not that shit at all. And he was big into Bowie and stuff and just different kinds of music. So that stuff was brought in more. This was specifically kind of a concept album. It was something what? that was supposed to just be more of like an experience. Okay. Which I'm going to let the next song play, Sex Type Thing, which was the actual first single. And a lot of critics hated this because they thought that it was promoting rape. Oh, really? Because of the lyrics. But that's not... It's coming from the point of view of a piece of shit who would do something like that. I hate that whole thought of just because you wrote a song about something, that's what you're promoting. Like, no, I'm just talking about it. You know, movies throughout and entertainment throughout history is just telling you the story of something. God damn it. I want to say something about that first song, though. Okay. Scott Stapp in my mind. Scott Stapp? Sorry. I don't know why I said Scott Weiland. Because Scott... Because Creed just is getting back together. I don't know if you've heard. Oh, no. Um, so, I'm super excited. <laughs> uh, in my mind, Scott Weiland is always holding the bullhorn. Yeah. He does sometimes, yeah. And you yeah. get that sound. And... It opens up the very first thing you hear from Stone Temple Pilots on their debut album is that like bullhorn. I am. <laughs> so I wasn't set during the first song. But to talk about the production stuff. Well, I do want to say in okay, regards to how they may have gotten that. Uh, so with them not being a grunge band, Scott's from Cleveland. Okay. The DeLeo oh, brothers really? are from Jersey. Okay. And, they look like it. And they all just because they wanted to move to California and then the drummer was actually from there and then they met and realized that Scott and one of the DeLeo brothers realized that they were dating the same lady and didn't realize it. Oh, you know what? I read that. And then they became, (laughs) they just became friends and realized that they had shit in common and stuff and then he got his younger brother when they were going to do the band thing and they were going, they were... hold on. Is the bass player... That's who we're talking about, brother. Yeah, I know, but who's the guy that was dating the girls? It's the bass player. I'm not sure the difference between what the brothers play, but the the one is like bald and has Dracula hair. Yeah, that's the bass player. Okay, so yeah, it was him. Okay, what's his name? He is I. It's the DeLeo brothers. I don't know if he's Robert DeLeo or if he's the other one, and I can't remember the other one's name. I'll look it up really quick. Go ahead. But I guess he recruited his brother because his brother. Even though he was in business, he still played guitar and enjoyed uh-huh. it. So then his brother joined them. And they had they were playing and got notoriety playing as Mighty Joe Young, but then had to change their name right before this album came out because there was a blues player. So oh, okay. it was just like, they can't use that name because that's my name. Yeah, it's a terrible... So, this is a much better band name, Stone Temple Pilots. It's like intriguing. And... My sister and I would always see the STP, uh, like, the oil, yeah, STP yeah. oil thing, yeah. and uh, didn't know that that's actually how they came up with the name. They were sitting around, like, we have to come up with something fast, and they liked the STP logo, 
and first it was uh, Stone Temple Pirates. And then one of the brothers told the other brothers, and he's like, I don't really like pirates. And he was like, what about pilots? So it just, it was literally just. He's right. Yeah. Fuck that pirate shit. But it was just born out of saying, we like that STP sticker. Maybe we can do something with that. So I didn't know that it was actually connected to it. So yeah, they had been playing for a bit. Uh, Supposedly they. So thank God for the scientifically treated petroleum brand. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, And it says that their first show As Mighty Joe Young They uh, built up a fan base Which also helped by uh, They supported Henry Rollins At Whiskey A Go Go So I think they just got good gigs And started just meeting the right people Good timing too mm-hmm. And they were in the right area In California In the 90s Music was enormous, so and sellable. Mm-hmm. In, in in a more, it's so weird how nowadays more people can make music, but it's harder to sell. In general, and then back in the day, music was harder to make, but it was like a little bit easier to make a living on it. Yeah, not that it was easy to be like a star or have huge success, but like you could be a touring band and just be like, no, we just hit the road. We're we're good to go. Streaming we just bust is our also ass. killed. That shit. It's too. killed everything. Just like ChatGPT. Do, do people every- use ChatGPT that much? I don't know. I've heard people reference it to like make uh, like computer programs really fast to program shit. It's not. It's scary. It's scary. And according to Ice Cube, I don't know if he's telling the truth here, but apparently uh, AI's learned how to lie. That's not. That's not. That's scary. Of course, though. If it's supposed to become like a human and take over the human race, it's going to learn all the good and bad well, stuff. Well, it's not that supposed we can to do. take over the human race. I think it's supposed <laughs> to take over the human it's race. It's going to take I over think, the human race. I think that people have been talking about this for a long time, Fuck and we, yeah. we can't act like it's surprising when it happens, is all I'm saying. Let's just hope we kill it in time. Before it gets too far. I'm not going to do anything. I'll just lock this shitty door and then it'll bust through and it'll be like, you are my slave and I'll just fucking Meep kill boop. myself. Meep boop. Be like, you can't stop me from taking this whole bottle of pills, you piece of shit robot. And, and then it'll it, be like, yes, I can't. And Meep then it'll, it'll pump my stomach for me. And then we use you as batteries. We hold humans in a chamber. Meep moop. You know, these technically you think that these would be so advanced, but they still say meat moop. Fuck. Yeah. They got like big block heads and like gratings for teeth. And they're like, meep, moop, come with me. They got like, Alan, or not Allen wrenches, but like crescent wrenches for hands. I wish so they just hadn't crescent rolls for hands. Hmm. <laughs> You're not going to fight me. I'm going to eat you. Let's get back into this album. Meep, meep, moop. Also not a single, but it's a known song due to radio play is as far as I'm aware <laughs> Wicked Garden uh, Yeah, Interstate Love Song So they heard the stare down on that one They just hear me breathing heavily into the microphone so I think I probably said it last time I, will, I, will, I will say because I do this with guests when I gave this to you Yeah I thought that you would think that this is maybe easier, but I don't think that you necessarily 
enjoy Stone Temple Pilots. So I want to know what you thought before you actually listen to this, because even though you listen to another album, you don't remember this stuff. But you're aware of them enough. So how did you feel when I told you we're going to be listening to this album? It's going to be easy. Stone Temple Pilots has just been one of those bands that I've tolerated and been fine with for years. So what is that, though? You just... I don't seek it out to listen to it on my own free time, but if you play it, I will move my head along to it, and I'll sing the words that I half know, and I'll get some of them wrong. So is it more tolerating, or do you actually enjoy it when you I hear it? I enjoy it when I hear it, but it's never like played on my own time. Yeah. So it's in a weird zone. But it, it was also, I remember seeing Stone Temple Pilots when I was younger and thinking it was cool. Like, he's got pink or purple hair Mm -hmm. it looks grungy it's like eventually like what what i get into is like alternative shit so it's like in my mind they have like this level of respect i do think it gears off to what i don't like which is why i was i'll gear towards probably this album more i want that in quotations heavier stuff you know what i mean but them it is and and just like the second album though the bass player is the fucking star, and I knew it was going to be that way on this album, too, and I was excited to hear that. But I was also excited to hear... I don't... I have trouble knowing which songs are on what album. Uh-huh. So, like, some of these songs, I was like, even this one was this first album? Jesus Christ, when does it end? Because there's a lot of songs in here that you're like, I know this one, I know this one, I know this one. Now, it might be because I, I'm married to you, but I feel like I have no a lot of these songs my entire life. This is an album that I feel like even though I know that SDP is going to not be... I mean, I don't want to say cool, but there is that like weirdness with you and uh, things that are like weak in the world of rock music. And I would... But I would still think that this album would be okay enough to play around you. And yeah. I have played this around you many times so that there might be a familiarity from that but i also just think that just these songs in are the in the world and i'm sure my brother had this album and i'm sure and i've seen this album cover my whole life it's not like i was unaware of this stuff uh but like i was i was going into the bass player and this is a good example absolute star of this band is the bass player and like I think that's going to be their whole career is going to be him. Scott Wyon is good at singing. He is the voice of STP. He was essential. The guitar player does a great job. I think he's also an job. interesting songwriter too. Yeah. But the bass lines and the way this guy plays the fucking bass. When you can hear a bass in the mix and you don't have to know how to hear it, when you can just say I can hear the bass, you know you've got a good fucking bass player. He plays so well. He's so tight. The drummer's good, too. And he plays a lot of stuff that, like, you would generally just play. Like, I found myself going for fills. Now, I got to say this. I've heard these songs all my life, so maybe the fills are just in my body. But I don't even mean, like, fills that everybody would remember. remember. I mean, like, just, like, little snare put-ins out of nowhere that you would just throw in as you're playing a beat. And I would do it, too. And in my mind, I think, well, most drummers would add this so i think he's really tight but i don't think he's like going out of the boundaries of stuff i have fucking bass player 
<laughs> he's all over the place. He's grooving the whole time. See, I I think my ear. Obviously, I'm listening to Scott, but the drums are usually what I hear. I'm not listening really to really good the bass as much, even though you say it's there. But I'm sure I'm hearing it. I'm just not. You're hearing it a lot. And you don't even realize how much of it is the song. I would love. I feel bad for bass players because I I either don't hear you or I don't pay attention. <laughs> and I wish that I did but... because I love percussion and I love that sound. So, like, I'm getting it. I'm just not focusing on it. I think as a bass player, if you've come to grips with what you are, you just go like this. I know you don't, but I know that you do. Yeah. Like, without me, there's nothing. <laughs> it's like, it's so responsible, so responsible for the guitar tone in a weird way, how it backs it up and how it complements. So, I wish I could get a hold of these songs in their, like, separated track form and mm-hmm. I could be like, check out what it sounds like without bass because that in the studio is when, like, Sometimes you could be mixing something. You'll be like, I don't know if the bass is loud enough. And you'll just go, well, turn it off real quick. And if you turn it yeah. off, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was there. It was there. So did you ever finish your thought about the production? Or did I cut you off talking about how they had somewhat of a following in the beginning because they oh, are under uh, a different name? I think I, I was going to go into that the bass player is the shit. And I don't know how they're getting these tones, but. Obviously, they got a guy who knows what he's doing. And he's got access to good shit, and he's worked for and a lot of big Atlantic rock records. It's not like it's mm-hmm. it's not tiny potatoes. Yeah, it's not some like backwoods. We're talking big russets, big yeah. Idaho's. I think every time that a band's first album sounds this good, I'm so shocked by it because a lot of bands I listen to and love their first sometimes three albums are like they sound like shit. Mm-hmm. Now, the songs are good, but that sounds like shit. Like the first Guar album is fucking it sounds horrible, but I love the fucking songs. <laughs> I think Stone Temple Pilots have always sounded good, even though I drop off after a while. I didn't listen to their last album as a full band, and then Scott was fired, and they hired Chester Bennington, and I I didn't get into any of that. Which did I, they I've, make new music with him? They did a sh- like an LP. Okay, it was like it was like five albums i started listening to a little bit of it and i think i i got through the first verse and the first chorus of the first song and it i stopped because i guess i got the gist it sounds like chester bennington eh, doing stone temple pilots eh, you don't want but that. it's still especially his, if you're not a lincoln park fan well it's his that's okay so i well i enjoyed lincoln park in the very beginning when they came out at the time okay when a lot of people did yeah i do think that chester bennington was talented but I don't really enjoy what he did. He can hit the notes, but I don't enjoy his timber. That's what I, I say. I just didn't like the whole style. And yeah. I, I, I honestly thought that Linkin Park was wildly weakened by having a rapper in the band. <laughs> I thought that it was just weird. But I also think I like 311, but I think that that fucking guy who raps is Chia, is like the worst person in the band. What's his name? No, I was thinking Peanut. <laughs> That's the bass player. <laughs> But it's, yeah. Don't they have a new singer now? Aren't they still, like, playing STP? Yeah, they, it's some Jeff 
something. Was it just the guy that they actually just auditioned this time? I don't know because I stopped listening to them. But he better be careful because Stone Temple Pilots is the... Pilots? Stone Temple Pilots (laughs) is the band that kills people. Who else has died? Uh, Scott Weiland died. Chester Bennington is dead. Oh, okay. So if you sing for this band, you are in danger of unliving yourself, as they say. I was trying to think of a band that I listened to that's had many... People in and out, and a few that have died, and Guar. <laughs> Handful of them are dead. I believe you. Let's it's move along to the next song, No Memory. This is... They actually do have a few, or a couple little, like, just music interludes that are just kind of noodly things that kind of fade into the songs. Because I will let it play into the next song called Sin. The good thing, sometimes these types of things can be indulgent in a way I, but like kind of distract from an album. Mm-hmm. I don't think this does. I don't either. And I, I kind of poo-poo uh, interludes and stuff more than not on this podcast. But I also think it depends on what it is. Like if it's a, If it's a skit or something that is just its own standalone thing, then I don't need it. This, because of the way that it fades into the next song, I think just kind of builds it to it. So I think that it works, and I enjoy it. But I would never just listen to this track. Bass player. Playing a fretless. I can tell by the way that it's going... Can you hear him now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's really on time, like... I love bass players that can write bass lines because there's a lot of guitar players that just or bass players that just play the guitar. Yeah, it fits perfect coming into that. Mm-hmm. Is it actually a different track? It is a different track. See, so I, I've been listening to it thinking it was just the intro to the song. No. I was just going along with what you were saying when you were like, this interlude. I was like, holy shit, there's a fucking interlude. <laughs> yeah. But they have two of them on here that they're just a little I know which the other long. one is then, I think. <laughs> See? Did you just see me? I was like, yeah. Like, this is good. This the bass player. Woo. So far, I'm still on board for saying that I think that this album is flawless. I think that even if it's not... I mean, I'm not saying all songs are created equal and it's all perfect, per se, but it's pretty goddamn close. I don't think there's anything that they could have done better. I don't think there's a skipper on this album. No, I think this is a good playthrough, and that's what they wanted. They wanted it to be uh, front to back. You're putting on something and hanging out. And a way solid album. Like, Pearl Jam's 10 was a solid album, and I was like, I can't believe this is the debut album, but, like, some of them weren't for me. Mm -hmm. This sits way more in my style. But, like, all the people around this era that, like, had, I think, were getting flawless things. Like, Allison Chains, I think, is putting out some flawless stuff. Chris Cornell's voice was flawless Sound at Soundgarden is putting out, like, down on the upside, and it's, like, flawless. So, like, I lump them into that grunge thing, but the older I get, the more I don't like the term grunge. Because I'm listening to some of these bands, and I'm like... I like grungy, but not yeah, necessarily exactly. grunge. Because exactly. it's too pigeon-holding. Like, and all of these people... I mean, if anyone's really grungy, it would have been Nirvana. Because Soundgarden's yeah. more metal. I agree. Pearl Jam's more like mellow. About this. Uh, we have, of course, we have. <laughs> Soundgarden is hair metal. Uh, I 
I think the SDP. Pearl Jam is hippies. SDP is, they go more like glammy. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, I've always thought that uh, Alice in Chains was the blues band. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what was the last one that we were going to say? We did, I already said Nirvana first. Yeah, and Nirvana's the punk one, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, grunge is just a way to kind of lump in the people at the time. At who this were doing time, rock and music. roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's not really... I mean, they all had their, they all sounded different than yeah, each other, I and agree. they're all very identifiable. If you put Absolutely. a song... You would, I think most people would be able to be like, this one is this and band. Not, and not just the singer. The writing style... To each player, I don't think I can necessarily point out this. I love that guitar line right there. Really? And I think they chose really good notes, and it's so close to I'm a Liar by Henry Rollins, which didn't you tell me they opened up for Henry Rollins? They did. <laughs> Interesting. Do they in the do that again 90s. in the song? If they do, I'm not again. sure what you're talking about exactly. I'll point it out again. Because it, it had happened once you yeah, had said it, so... I wanted to bring it up. I was going to write a note, like, talk about the I'm a liar part. (laughs) (laughs) What was I going to say? But, yeah, all those bands are, like, unique. Now, I don't think I could point out this guitar player. It would be a little bit hard, but I could tell this bass player compared to, like, Mike Starr from Allison Chains playing bass. Another dead person. Yep. A shame, too. What's his nuts? Isn't he still alive? The guy that was in Guns N' Roses? Steven Adler, is he dead? Did he relapse? I feel like he may have. I know. I, I don't. I think. I think. I don't think he died from drugs, but I don't he, know if he's alive anymore. Did he get it? Because an older stay, guy. Did he stay with it? I think he stayed with it. Hey, this motherfucker's still alive. Okay, Michelle. he's still alive. That's okay. Fifty-eight. So yeah, I wasn't sure if he was still alive or not, but I I didn't think that he died from a drug overdose. I think Good. he's been been clean and got his shit together. I loved Steven Adler when he was on the show. He's one of those dudes that I was like, God, I wish he wasn't a mess. Like celebrity because, rehab or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I was yeah. like, he seems like a really nice guy. I like him a lot too. <laughs> Remember when he snuck in the the heroin and he like left it in the bathtub and was pretending like I don't know where that came from. Like, I don't were, remember. Like, that's you crazy. were just in there, Steven. It's yours. Because Mike Starr was on there too, and that's how I knew who he was. Oh, yeah. Celebrity rehab he in the beginning was OD'd wild. They had the real people. They had that guy from Greece who died. Oh, uh, uh, I can't think of his name. He was oh, wild on that show. He was on Taxi. Um, a hickey from Kanicki's like a Hallmark he, he, card. Yeah, that guy. Fuck. Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I place him? Oh, my him? God. As my soon brain as I, is trash. As I look it up. I'm going to feel the same way. It's going to be like, oh. I can see his face clear as day. Yeah, his pockmarked face. His teeth. JC are the initials. Jesus Christ. You got it. Jeff. Conway. Yeah, Jeff Con- Conway. Conway, actually. Conway. See, I wouldn't have come up with that. For some reason, that was way lost. And Shifty Shellshock from. <laughs> yeah. That one band that I was could potentially get on crazy could have gone fly, on tour with Crazy Fly. Yeah, no, that's not Crazy Fly. That's the one in town. Crazy Town. Crazy Town. <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, the local band Crazy Fly. The one out of town, <laughs> Crazy Town. Uh, it's too many things to think about. Damn it! I missed that part again. In case it happened. <laughs> oh yeah, we were way off topic. Uh, I am gonna let the next song play, and then we're gonna take a break okay, after cool. that. 
Uh, this episode might be fast, everybody. We're recording it on a Friday night, and we tend to breeze through those ones. You guys are fine. Yeah, you guys fine. don't care if it's long or if it's, it's short. There's 12 of you, as we established earlier. Yeah, you probably space it out anyway. You probably don't listen to the whole episode the at once. Talks earlier, this show's on a countdown, people. <laughs> TikTok, bitches. <laughs> oh! Yeah, okay, this song, every band... In this rock and roll era, including Alice in Chains, Pearl including Jam Pearl Dead. Jam, had a song that was like, kind of like a funk, like, uh-huh. and I just see dudes with long hair, like those big billowy hats, <laughs> and like shorts that go to here, and like a purple vest that's cut off on their arms, and they're just like, and they're wearing boots too, so you can see their Doc Martens still. <laughs> I don't know why I got up. Because that's why you don't have a tethered... Microphone stand? Well, it is tethered, but yeah. You need your freedom to move and dance. So you get it what I mean when it's oh, like yeah. style. Uh-huh. It's like super 90s. Mm-hmm. Specific to this like time. But I don't hate it. I no, mean, I don't hate it It's not necessarily my favorite of all the different sounds. And I would say as far as... I think they do it well. Yeah. But it's just kind of that more like... It's just fast... Even Red Hot Chili Peppers is getting into this like vibe too. It's like almost like a late '80s runoff. And he does living I color. Believe <laughs> used the megaphone again. Uh, oh yeah. At this like weird spoken singing part where it, it, he sounds like a preacher. Yeah, he does do a preacher line on this. We thing. all got children. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, this album was really easy to listen to. I know you're going to ask me questions, but like... No, it's fine. It we wasn't can... a chore to put this... The only chore is, on some albums, is the time. It's not even about the listening. It's about the time. Uh-huh. And like, sometimes it might not get its due diligence of getting paid attention to because I've got to squeeze it in while I'm doing something else. It's like with podcasts. I might... That's why I used to listen to podcasts three or four fucking times because I had the time... And I might have not heard something the first time. I have benefited the times that I have listened to a podcast uh, an additional time because I listen a lot when I'm working and it's really easy to just stop paying attention because I'm just doing something and then it's just like, oh yeah, I'm listening to this. (laughs) Uh, That thing they just said. Something catches your attention. You're like, oh, that's right. I forgot Lauren Lapkus was talking. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. He's even. It's very awesome, Shane. That. So they were even all. the bass. It's like funk bass. Like. So one thing I did see is that a lot of people also attributing to how they all came from the same time and have similar sounds at least. You know, they're all different, but there's something that. Whatever. Yeah. Well, they're all being produced by the same guy, it sounds like. And they all had the same <laughs> influences for the most part. Yeah. They were listening to the same bands. They were the same age range. And that happens each generation. Musical, like, yeah. thing. There's, like, four or five artists that are, like, basically that sound. And they're, they're different enough. And it's mostly region. That makes it different. It's weird. It's like, well, that's the northern. That's, like, the New York one. This is the Southern California one. This is the Midwest one. They're fucking insane. And Scott was more with Midwest. He's from outside Cleveland, so. I, I have no 
qualms with anyone who's been born in California. In fact, some of my favorite people were born in California. You have nothing. You have literally no control over where you're born. No, but <laughs> you can hold that against anyone. I do think there's something about like a person who wants like to talk about like a certain sort of like misery or like some sort of dismal like overtones that it helps when you're from somewhere where there's weather. Like I think it, it helps rains a lot in Cleveland when you grew up with like. <laughs> Yeah, well, half of the year, or New it's Jersey. too cold. Yeah, or the exactly. Jersey Boys and shit. So yeah. I think that helps with bands like this. And then I think it helps them to also then move to California mm-hmm. because suddenly they're like, life can be this way, and they like almost needed that battery charge, and it like fills them up, and they go out and they prove themselves, and then the drugs kick in. <laughs> Speaking of that, I found out from watching the little documentary that they were all drinking boys. Drinking boys they in were, the beginning. In the beginning, they were drinking boys until Most fans are. the tour for this album. The dog is growling. Shit. Honey, please don't. We're about to go on break. The, the previous thing got <laughs> cut out and we lucked out. But well, I think there's a little bit. But yeah, you are a goddamn fucking annoyance. I love you and I hate your guts. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so he was pretty normal. And then it was this. And I think that some of it was seemed like even though he, they really tried to stay positive and just keep writing music and just keep doing what they were doing. I think it did kind of get to the, to him that everyone just talked shit and didn't really see things for the way that they were and just criticize them negatively when I would put them, if we are putting them in the category of grunge because they were out at the same time, even though they're not considered one of the main grunge people because they're not from that area. Mm-hmm. I would put them above most of those bands yeah. if not all of them personally I, if I were to guess I would say out of your, out of all those I'd probably go I think Michelle's favorite would be it would probably be well, it STP. comes down to brass tacks I think it's STP with an Alice in Chains right underneath it I think that the talent of Alice in Chains is enormous but I think that there might be more songs by Soundgarden than I actually enjoy oh really so I, re- I think that Soundgarden and Alice in Chains really battle it out I tend to be able to listen to Alice in Chains entire catalog easier than Soundgarden's entire catalog. I think that's where it beats it out on me. But goddamn, Soundgarden songs are great. <laughs> yeah. Rock bands from this time, for the most part, right. oh, when were did the monsters. 1992, I did okay. say that in the All beginning. Right. Um, but is it break time? It is. It's breakdown time. Breakdown time. And <laughs> we're going to go to break with an interesting version. It's an, um, a live version of sex type thing that they did in 1993. <laughs> like jazzed it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> break time. We'll be back. We'll be back. Hey there, Melody Makers. Welcome to Couple of Critics Podcast presents... Guess That Melody! It's the game where each person has to guess the melody of a song they've never heard before, just by reading the lyrics. We've each chosen a song that the other doesn't know, and have given them only the lyrics so each person can take a blind stab at the melody of the chorus of their song. Is Sam a regular songbird with a natural talent and eye for musical arrangements? Is Michelle going to stomp that ginger bird into the dirt? Listen on and see who can... Guess that melody! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. 
Thanks for coming back, people. Oh. All right, what's this thing called again? I think we just yelled it a bunch of times. Uh, the Couple of Critics Podcast presents Guess that, that Movie. Fun, 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 fun. Fun in the sun. Even though the sun can suck a dick, even though it's very important, and without it, I would be dead. We would all be dead. I would be dead. And with it, we can also be dead. I would be dead. Ooh, we can be dead. The sun is all encompassing Sorry, I just... when it comes to death. Did you like how I put my mouth or my hand in front of my mouth so suddenly it doesn't sound like anything's happening? I didn't notice. I was too busy thinking well, you know. and daydreaming about death. All right. God damn it. People know what this is about. Let's just get into it. Let's have fun. I'll Let's go not ahead talk and about send this Michelle's to you. yearning for death. Michelle's sending the text to me of the lyrics. <laughs> First sight here. It's still not in my possession. It's a longer one. Does that mean it's going to take longer through the air? Oh, hey. I guess so. It just hit. All right, here we go. Damn, this is a long one. And I said... Hey, pretty lady, won't you give me a sign? I'd give anything to make you mine, oh mine. I'll do your bidding and be at your beck and call. Yeah, I've never seen anyone looking so fine. Man, I gotta have her. She's one of a kind. I'm going once, going twice. I'm sold to the lady in the second row. She's an eight, she's a nine, she's a ten. I know. She's got ruby red lips, blonde hair, blue eyes, and I'm about to bid my heart goodbye. Jesus Christ, that was a paragraph. <laughs> it sure is. Um, I need to look at the ends of the sentences to figure out where the... the That's see. fine. Do what you need to do. People have time. Everyone has time. We're all just waiting to die. <laughs> ah, la, la. I can't influence with sound. Okay, I'm going to try this. Do you want to guess anything before it goes? I feel like, like it's like a hoot nanny. Or... I'm getting a real hoot nanny for you. Okay. People hollering. All right. People with boots on, stomping <laughs> in the dirt. Ladies with dresses that have like multiple layers to them. Oh. And when they spin, they make a beautiful pattern in the sky. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a parachute. Technically, two feet above the ground's the sky, right? Does that work? Sure. Okay. Here we go. You're in the air. You can hear I'm clicking the tempo that yeah. I think it's at. And I said, hey, pretty lady, won't you give me a sign? I'd give anything to make your mind on mine. I'll do your bit and I'll be at your back and call. <laughs> you never see anyone looking so fine. Man, I got to have her. She's one of a kind. Going once, going twice. I'm sold to the lady in the second row. She's an eight. She's a nine. She's a ten. I know. She's got ruby red lips, blonde hair, blue eyes. And I'm about to bid my heart goodbye. Uh, I mean, I want to just like give you every award for the rest of <laughs> all of the guests that melodies for that because uh, it was it was close because all right, it's a hoot nanny. It's a hoot nanny. Yeah, and uh, there. Fun fact: I may or may not have in my mind mixed up the fact that there was. Not a Garth Brooks poster that I kissed and that it was actually John Michael Montgomery, but they look oh, really? so much alike that uh, in my head it just got switched. I don't know. It may have been John Michael Montgomery. Okay. But this song is called... So just now in my mind, you're just kissing two guys. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, I got a boner. I was very young, and if that gives you a boner, then that's wild. Ooh, keep um, talking. <laughs> so this song is called Sold, parenthetically, Grundy County Auction. Grundy County... 
Solomon Grundy County Auction. All right. Oh, I've heard this fucking song. I'm pretty close. I feel like I did a fucking really good I job. Think you did Not a only good was job. it entertaining in my mind, but I think <laughs> I fucking mind. nailed it. Even the going once, going twice, I'm so like <laughs> fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> I, good job. I think you did a good job. That's why Thank I can't you. think you. Uh, I, it's clear that it was a hoot nanny based on. Bibliarchal <laughs> content. Oh, that's still, Nanny Central. I'm glad that you've heard it before. Oh yeah, I definitely. As soon as it kicked in, it was uh, quite familiar. Maybe that's why I was already heading there. Maybe I sublu- subliminal. My, my body just knew. Yeah, the whole body. The whole body. My legs right. knew that this song. Are you ready for some? Was a hoot nanny. Lyrics heading your way. Always, Mama. <laughs> I don't like that. Here you go. All right. Across I, the waves, it comes. I terminated that title. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring that up on a break. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting the LaRocks? I got it, but I wanted to take a drink of water. Okay. So, Is that a rapper's name, LaRock? Uh, not unless you're thinking of the beverage LaCroix. Maybe I am. Are you trying to play music right now? Did I accidentally? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's supposed to be turned down. <laughs> and I just saw the band when you turned your Damn phone. it! <laughs> well, try it out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'll get it. <laughs> I'm going to say I could be given the band name and a little bit of the music and still do worse than you. So let's see how this goes. Because I'm not very good at this. All right. You'll take my life. Oh, I like the direction this is going in. But I'll take yours, too. You'll fire your musket. But I'll run you through. Have I done this before? So when you're waiting for the next attack, you'd better stand. There's no turning back. Something about a musket rings familiar to me. I mean, it would seem fitting that not only do I play a little bit of the music and you see the band name, but I also have done this before. Again, I'm the worst at this. You're an actual musician. I'm just here for the ride. Um, All right. You'll take my life, but I'll take yours too. You'll fire your musket, but I'll run you through. <laughs> so when you're waiting for the next attack, you'd better stand. There's no turning back. <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful. Very influenced by the fact you saw the band name. <laughs> yes, that's Iron Maiden, everyone. Yeah, yeah. You got that right. Jesus Christ, Sam. <laughs> All right, the song is called The Trooper. Here it goes. You were very close. Everyone, have a good time. You'll take my life, but I'll take yours, too. I think you you fire your musket, but I'll run you through. <laughs> so when you well, maybe now I need to make a list of the things I've done. Maybe it's also uh, enjoyable for enjoyable for pe- people. I mean, hear, hear me have a s- narm to hear me have a stroke <laughs> while I'm on the. No one's gonna know that reference. Well, didn't you tell me what it was? 
I have, yeah. And I told Pam, and she even watched the show Six Feet Under and doesn't remember. It's when, like, the main character is having a stroke, and he's, he's trying to say that there's something, like, his <laughs> arm is numb, but what comes out is NARM. <laughs> <laughs> So he just goes, Norm! I guess says Norm, and I think that's the last word he says. Norm! Uh, there's a person dropping off my allergy medicine from nice. Amazon right now. Getting a nice drink first. Yeah, you gotta stay hydrated, buddy. All right, well, that was it. We're finished. It. So. I sincerely hope that I have done that before, because that will just make it all the funniest it could possibly be. Well, I say once again, you win, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, thank you guys thank for hanging you. out. That was an episode that we just did of... Curse that melody. We're being quiet because of the Amazon Prime delivery guy. <laughs> How'd you pick up on that with me too? <laughs> Bye. She turned away, what was she looking at? You're supposed to be coming she in with me, Sam. We're back. The day that she left met me. Uh, whatever. Hey. There is an evil look teletubby walking around in this music video. I think, or I just made that up in my head. Oh, look, it's Sarah Michelle Geller. She yeah, has blonde hair and then she, I think she has black hair. Because there are two different scenes in the video and then we're coming back really good with words. <laughs> what would you do? What would you do? What would you do? If I fart on you, what would you do? You're a regular Why guy with glasses. On? I'm that guy. Look at how I can turn everything about poop. I haven't done that in a while. I've thought about that. Good for you. I need to do a poop cover. Good for you. Welcome back. What album was that on? That was number four. Okay. See, that's not bad. The like, fourth album. That's pretty good still. It's not like a total departure from their sound, but it's like a progression. Uh, the next song on uh, the album goes like this. Does it suck? Is that oh, where you're God showing it to damn me? it. Wait, I turned the fucking volume down. I was like, why yeah, isn't it playing? That'll help. I don't know how I feel right now. Sounds like Allison Chains. Ooh. Hmm. not the worst i'm just saying they still like have some heaviness to them for what I'd say they I were technically the heaviest thing i've heard that they were going for the and that guitar tone was like way beefier than they also have to. a song on this album i'm sorry i started talking before you finished called mc5 is it about the I mc5 I love this song. I like this album. I like the first five albums of theirs. I like this drum beat that's going on. Now you don't get it. Now you don't want it. Now you don't get it. Now. 
I can imagine him doing this. I was going to say, for the people that cannot see us, she's shaking her shoulders and doing that. I don't have to explain it. The Scott Weiland dance. Everyone's picturing it in their heads. Everyone knows. Yes, we are back. Do you think that squirm dance got worse with the drugs? Guaranteed. I'm sure he was slithering like a snake all over the fucking stage in Velvet Revolver. <laughs> you talk to the guys and they're like, in fact, those moves didn't start until after the first tour. <laughs> Probably. Because he looked different. He did. I saw some, uh, like a video and some pictures of him, like right before this album is released and like during like, the hype of this album, and he's thick. Uh-huh. He's got like a thick neck. Uh-huh. His head looked bigger. I was like, man, he looks like a, like a healthy dude there. Uh-huh. And then he looked like like a kind of like just a kind of punk guy, like a punk. Yeah, yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's just like ooh. And then he starts going more glam he's and getting something. really skinny. What is that? What what is that that does it? That like people who start out like semi not glammed out and then as soon as they get money and fame all of a sudden they're like i need scarves as many scarves as possible i know that and i don't know when it got bigger but i know he was a really big fan of like david bowie and stuff so i think that he kind of started just in i'm just a grungy guy ways just kind of going in that different direction i'm gonna start wearing like suits and uh eyeliner (laughs) just like david bowie i guess (laughs) so i don't know he just uh, kind of really went in that direction, I think. Went pink, more like androgynous. Pink and, boas with rubber gloves and no shirt and leather pants. <laughs> and lots of sweat. And like a and like a captain's hat that's all black, like an S&M hat. And then sunglasses that are that weird shape that look like a bug's eye. That Lane Staley also liked to wear. But he was, I don't know, I think he was super talented. Have we done a Megadeth album, Michelle? I don't remember. That was a thing. Hey, 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 hey. That was a note that I had, and I forgot to uh, okay. Megadeth? To talk about it. Yeah, let's get back into this album with the uh, the third single, but it's not the last single that we will be listening to. Uh, the What I would consider the better song from the 90s called Creep. Ah, classic song. Okay, so when this album came out, <laughs> they started, they toured with Megadeth. Okay. They opened for them. That doesn't fit, but all right. I agree, but it didn't last super long. And then they were offered to open for Aerosmith. Okay, that's also weird, but... And that would have been a big thing for them, but they didn't like that the tickets what's wrong did you leave your water in the kitchen i don't know what i did with it i think you didn't you, oh, you left it in the kitchen whatever go get it i'm talking no, you'll be able on. to hear me i want to listen well, you can still hear me but that's fine so they were offered to <laughs> ridiculous so they were offered to go on tour with aerosmith but they thought that it was just kind of a big hoopla in the sense that it was just kind of too expensive for a lot of the people who they think would go to see them. So instead, yeah. they chose. I'm an STP fan, and now I've got to buy an Aerosmith ticket. Yeah. So they decided to instead go on this uh, smaller and cheaper tour that was $15 a ticket to see Stone Temple Pilots, the Butthole Surfers, and the Flaming Lips. Okay. And then it was called the BBQ Mitzvah Tour. <laughs> 
sounds, was it successful? It's probably successful. I think it was, and yeah. it makes more sense. I think it's a pretty good ticket for that time. I don't really know the Flaming Lips music that much, but, but to see each of those bands for five bucks, a yeah, piece, right? Holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, that was good for them, and I guess they actually ended up winning multiple awards after this album came out. Like the critics weren't the nicest, but then the fans loved them, and they got tons of airplay, which hasn't stopped. And I want to keep saying that because not all bands... I mean, bands from, like, the 60s and 70s have staying power on classic rock radio. But the fact that, like, stations that still play modern music will also still play, like, music like this from the 90s, I think is nice. I mean, it's, it's good be- for them. It's become classic rock. It's it's in an echelon of, like, this is, is timeless. It's going to be around forever. It's 30 there's years always, old. <laughs> there's always going to be a kid who gets into Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Just like there's always going to be a kid who gets into Nirvana. On Christmas, your nephew started playing Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. And I was shocked. Well, he's, a, he's one of us. <laughs> he's still 16. Yeah, he's one of us. He's a weirdo. He is, but he's still a child, so it's interesting to see a young person. I'm going to say he's the only one in his class who knows who Danzig is. Probably, but I don't know. There are internet (laughs) memes, so people could come across and only know him as the guy in memes. Or the guy that Robert talked about in class. (laughs) Ridiculous. Uh, um, but they did uh, in, win some Best New Artist awards from like MTV and shit like that that well, year. While simultaneously being shit on. I guess that's how uh, it goes. The shit on really started in the very beginning. That's, that's how it goes anyway. But as time went on, because I think they worked off of this album for like a year or two. So they were able to prove themselves and then eventually... I mean, because the fans actually liked them. It's just that the critics were dicks. And then there, uh, which I think is insane, is that there are times when a lot of critics were sometimes just going by what other critics were saying and they weren't actually doing the research themselves, which is not what we're doing. I know that no, you like to make jokes. No, we do our fucking due diligence. About that, but we listen and we listen multiple times. Yes. So, um,. I think there's a little bit of a difference there. Cause, and we're also not putting these uh, written things out. We're actually going through song by song. And I think that it's a little different. But yeah, I think it sucks to be trashed publicly and just be like, you sound like these people. And it's like, no, we were literally coming up at the exact same fucking time. Right. Like, we couldn't be just... Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's mean. Because sometimes it is. I think sometimes people do... You know, just copy what other people are doing. But when you're the same age and you have, you know, you're listening to the same musicians for the most part. And like you said, the same guy is producing. Yeah, that's what it is. The stuff. But I think it's also very easy to tell the difference between Stone Temple Pilots and Nirvana. Oh, well, fuck yeah. You know what's interesting about this song? I never thought about it until this listen. It's got the unique ability to take. They're obviously like, hey, we want to do like a slowed down song, like a stripped down song. Yeah. But it's not stripped down and like lame. Where I think some bands who are like rock bands, they're like, all right, it's time to do our soft song. They make it like, more than west is on. You're like, come on, dude. Like, you killed the whole fucking mood. 
I think this song, while stripped down and bare, like, and is the slow song in quotations, uh-huh. it's still got like the whole vibe of this album. It fits in this world. It's not. It's not Stone Temple Pilots' soft song. And it's his, a fucking Stone Temple Pilots. Well, song. and his voice is still raspy. So when you did like the more than words, not only did the music not go super mellow yeah. vocally, he didn't go. He didn't stray terribly far. Yep. Which I mean, I th- he does kind of go softer as time goes on in different stuff. Oh man, I just remembered something. I've always uh, enjoyed singing Stone Temple Pilots songs. I probably said this on the last Stone Temple Pilots episode. I've always vocal range. I've always felt like I matched his vocal range, and I've always felt like I've matched Jim Morrison's vocal mm-hmm. range. And I remember they did a thing mm-hmm. on VH1 where they did like people singing. It was like a tribute to songs. Jim Morrison. Yeah. Like sitting in with the doors because it was Ray Manzarek and, you know, the other dude. And uh, and the drummer, Robbie Krieger. Uh, anyway, and I remember all of them. Yeah, we bought. Kind of like irritated me. But Scott Weiland fucking crushed it. He did a great job. Because I remember thinking uh, Scott Stapp was there. And he, I was <laughs> that like, that was quite the inflection on Scott Stapp's name. By well, the way. I had to do that because I, I fucked up their names earlier. Scott Stapp does his goddamn <laughs> sound too much. He doesn't turn it off. Whereas Scott Weiland, you know, he can do that voice, and he got unfairly lumped into that world, but he turns it off, and he fucking does the Jim Morrison justice voice. And I remember at the time watching it when it was airing. On VH1 the first time and oh, thinking, okay. fucking thank God Scott Weiland is doing these songs justice because I grew up listening to The Doors and I was like, do this right. Yeah, I think vocally Shout. they were similar. <laughs> uh, I do, from this performance, he also reminded me the most of him because he looked strung out. He was dressed <clears throat> in all black. He was wearing sunglasses inside. Is it the bug sunglasses where they're like oval shaped? <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know, but let's listen to a little bit. Of him playing with the rest of the doors. Yes, please. I remember it was a delight. I hope I'm still right. <laughs> no, I always liked this a lot. You know the day destroys a night. Night divides a day. Yeah. It's, it's a good vibe. Yeah. I think it matches. Yeah, I always enjoy this as well. Yeah, right there. I think he just truly yeah. tried to do it justice. I, I don't think, think he, he tried to go above and beyond or do anything too much. Mm-hmm. His own, uh, I do want to. I guess they also did five to one, so I want to hear how oh, that please. sounded because that's a good song. So and then and, I'll say what I want to say about what I think about why he was so good at this because he's also strung out. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of it. Make it, baby, if we're 
seriously. Ridiculous. We ran this dog until she was panting but during the break to make to try and calm her down. And it takes a lot just to calm this dog. Protective of this. You think it's because... I think it's probably rooted in the uh, separation anxiety. She's too protective of us. And, she, and this homestead. She was abandoned and then we took her in. So, yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but she freaks out at both neighbors. Both next yeah, door like neighbors. Yeah, fuck off the lawn. <laughs> and it's great, like, blood-curdling, screaming, yeah, barking at not, them, which is not, not okay. And it's like, you're you, especially, like, the old man next door, Cleet, he's outside every day yeah. working in his yard. I've said Every it, day. He should be doing what I do to, did to the other neighbor's dogs. He should be yelling at her, like, I lived here first. I should be barking at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you hear that fart I squeezed in really quick? I wasn't sure if that's what that was, but I... But you picked up on it. I could tell. As long as I Your pick senses. up on it from hearing it. All right, I, hold I, on. Let me, let me say this, Scott. One okay, thing sorry. I want to say. I think he is good at that because in my mind, when people do tribute shows, there's people who get hired because they're a good name and maybe they had to refresh on the song and learn the song to get ready for it. And then there's some people that grew up on it and it's in their body, and they know the inflections. They know the way that they dip down and do mm-hmm. weird things. They can do those little weird, like, Ooh, that'll be in things Ooh. that you've listened to <laughs> a thousand times. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's when people shine, and I have a feeling Scott Weiland is a true fan. to a lot of doors Probably. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Are you familiar with, uh, I, I assume you're not, I know you're not, but there's an album that Scott Weiland put out called 12 Bar Blues in 1998, and it was a jail recorded album. A jail recorded album? A jail album? recorded solo Over album. Over the phone? Um, I don't think so. I think it was just a really, I think what he actually recorded it on was shitty that they like let him. What? Yeah, it's uh. There are a couple songs that I think are fine, but some of it's intensely bad. Lay it on me. But I also enjoyed it, so I'm like, I could just be thinking in my head, like, this is worse than I remember because I haven't heard it. But I know that there's some songs that I enjoy very much. But I'm I'm, talking about the actual, like, sounds that he chooses. I need to know how he did it in jail. I mean, in the picture, he has headphones on and he has his, like, jail thing. Here it is. It's like a little sound machine or something like that. This is what I didn't like about it. Because he doesn't have an actual band. Is it called number four? What? What's the album called? 12 Bar Blues. It's just Scott Weiland. Musty queer. Dance queer. the musty queer. So high that I can't fly. Did you have this album? Are you familiar with this album? Yeah, Beth had it, I believe, and I had a copy of it. It was uh, it, it released on Atlantic. I don't see anything about this being a jail album. I'm pretty sure that's what my sister told me. Are we realizing this might not have been it? That's what I thought it was. I'm sorry. 
But who knows where she got her information in early 2000s. Maybe it was just after he had Maybe been he wrote through. these songs in jail. Maybe that's what it was. Because it, it's called the 12 Bars Blues, which is like... You know, it's the dun 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 You know, like the blues pattern you've done a thousand times in life. So I think maybe he could think of that pattern in his head and still make some songs in jail. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what happened. I think that's just a sweatshirt he likes wearing. That's on that album cover. I don't know. I have no idea. But we'll get back into that album, but this is one that I enjoy, but I also think it's cringy. Because it's kind of messy. Somebody just got a new drum machine just went to town. (laughs) It's also got some of David Bowie. David Bowie had like a weird experimental like electronic. It sounds like later David Bowie to me. Like the 80s? No, like 90s David Bowie. Or even some Prince. That like Prince, you know, he had like a thousand fucking songs. Some of them were like. Like P Control? Yeah. (laughs) Well, Pussy Control. Well, a lot of things don't actually say pussy. It just says P. Pussy Control! So, yeah. Yeah, I don't enjoy I that. I apologize for giving you incorrect information. <laughs> um, I, uh, what can I say? Hey, I get it. Like I said on Rob's episode, I was told that Cud from Mudvayne got his voice from gargling rocks and oil, so. I was told by my cousin that uh, if you eat while you're pooping, that it's like you're having dinner with the devil. And I think that kids say the darndest things. Who knows, though? Maybe she's right. Maybe uh, we just didn't dig in deep enough. And you'll be like, no, actually, it did record it. Let us know. Do not guys, shit and eat. You guys correct us when I don't ask you to. So go ahead and do what I ask you to. <laughs> How do you shit and eat at the same time? How how is how are you hungry? Like you while shit? it's oh, happening. No, no food goes into the bathroom. That's not. Like, I understand being no. hungry after you eat because space has been made. I understand being hungry before. Yeah, just not while. No, and not having food and being like, oh, there's poo floating in the air. Exactly. And- Don't you just imagine like poo particles landing on whatever item you have in your hand to put in your mouth? Yeah, it's like crazy. I just see like a fog of brown, just like. <laughs> Just lands right on the. In my mind, I'm eating on the fries. toothbrushes and oh, everything that we're already putting in our mouth. Yeah. So I don't need to eat it, and I just need to brush with it. Let's get back into the album, Piece of Pie. <laughs> you just farted while a song called Piece of Pie was playing. So wait to stay true to the conversation. Thought I'd set it off. I don't know where I'm supposed to be volume wise. What's fine. supposed to be better for you? You're there. You're there, dude. I equalize things anyway. My left arm still keeps doing that fall asleep thing all the time. Tingling? Yeah. You think it's something that you should be concerned about? Nope. Oh, because you just want to ignore it and think that it's going to go away? I don't think it's going to go away. (laughs) Do you remember how your dad died? Train hit him. I'm pretty sure the actual cause of death was... Like a heart issue, right? Yeah, but he was a diabetic. Okay, that doesn't make you have a heart attack. It aids in 
Dude, that, that is. Things. <laughs> so your mom has been living strongly yeah. with AIDS for years. She did whatever Magic Johnson did. Money. She killed your dad and used the money after she burned down his restaurant to <laughs> buy got, whatever Magic Johnson got. She got the got. life insurance and the... Uh, building insurance from the fire. According to South Park, you just grind up money and inject it into your veins. That's how she got <laughs> over it. That's how my. That's how Magic Johnson lives. Oh, that show is. Fantastic. I can see people getting that there, but it's not the Eddie Vedder's sound. Eddie Vedder's is way more like like hippieish oh, and, and like worldly. If I don't even say what worldly, but like. This seems like more aggressive and more like desolate in like my world. They traffic in a. I love this. Wayne Staley. Yeah, Wayne Staley could have done that and we wouldn't have known the difference. (laughs) It might have very well been him on this track. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the bass. He is so loud in the mix. I noticed the bass more on this song than any other song. Right I think. here, right here. Ooh, he's chosen a groove that he's doing. Mm-hmm. I love it when bass players do that. Fucking love it. It's something I'm struggling, not struggling with. It's something I'm learning to do. Is like the first time I've been like an official bass player of a band. It's learning my like. I don't have to play what the guitar player is doing. Sometimes I can just lay this rhythm in the back. It's been really fucking fun. So when I hear a guy doing it really well, it's so nice. Hey, Wayne, how's the... Okay. <laughs> well, it makes me want to listen to this out because I'm trying to do it now and I don't feel like I can do it. Here. I don't think I can hear it as well. Um, I would like to listen to this album by trying to focus solely on the bass. Because I think that things would sound differently. It would. It's just noticing that part. It, I mean, he was doing kind of his own thing, but it fit. Yeah, yeah. He's going like ba 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 ba. That's what's cool though about bands like this. It's like this is the trap metal bands get stuck in all the time. Is they all kind of follow each other. Like the vocals are gonna basically do what the guitar's doing, and the bass player is basically gonna do what the guitar player is doing, and the drums are basically gonna follow the rhythm of what the guitar player is doing. All these guys are doing kind of their own thing, and it somehow molds us to one. And I think that's what makes interesting music, like beyond skill and beyond like production value. It's literally four guys who know what they're fucking doing yeah. and know how to complement each other. And I think they all went. Let's do the bass player because he's. How many of these? I believe he's the one who wrote most of these songs in my mind. I don't know if I'm well, right. I'm not sure. But I think they all. In my mind, he did. Have writing credits on all of it, yeah. so. I'm sure Scott Wilde wrote vocals, lyrics. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I think all of it. Yeah, the, the bass is so loud. It sounds good, too. I think that uh, certain type of pilots are grossly underrated. I think they're definitely at least. At least better than Pearl Jam, I would say. Gross, gross, underrated to maybe a general world, but I think very 
directly rated to people who are like into this. I mean, they're obviously kind of liked stuff. if they're still if some of their songs, yeah. especially songs from this album in particular, are still being played. Interstate Love Song is going to be popular forever. It's a fucking classic, and the video is a classic with that weird like mime clown guy walking around. I just think that this band was really good at writing songs. I think they uh, super underrated. Again, like I, I think. I wish that more people were aware of them because I would listen to their albums on a loop. And I remember a former best friend of mine, uh, she got <laughs> in my car and well, I can't, I don't want to say her name, um, but she shared the same first name as one of your ex-girlfriends. And she may have actually been one of your ex-girlfriends or I think she was your girlfriend for like a very short amount of time in school. Last name of you with a U? Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we dated in quotations yeah. as children she uh i had the second album in my vehicle and i started playing it and she was so irritated with me listening <laughs> to stone Temple Pilots <laughs> that she was just, no but she was like can you put something on that i would hear on the radio like oh. she was so irritated because was she like, well, like this country. is on the radio bitch <laughs> i don't know it was but yeah she just hearing songs that weren't the radio hits and she's just like i can't do this anymore mm. i don't think she's much of an album listener that's the thing sometimes i have been album listeners sometimes i also just like the hits so i don't know but i'll always remember that with stone temple pilots of uh like can you put something else on <laughs> You shut up and show appreciation for this. No, I cannot. <laughs> I love this shit. And let's go into the next song, which was the second single. Also still a very popular song. Plush. Not only is this song popular, this was the song that uh, won them their first Grammy. I didn't say that before. I left that specifically out when I said that they were winning Best New Artist Awards and such. But... They won a Grammy from a song from the first album. That's pretty fucking... Yeah. That's a feat. Yeah. I think these songs are just very good. They're crisp. They're nice. I think there's almost like a butteriness to him. I've said before in the past that I would consider him more our Jim Morrison. I think that the way that he writes is kind of a little more like poetic i guess and it's not i mean especially like as time went on and when he did that like solo 12 bar blues album and stuff it yeah. the lyrics were like just floatier and stuff i i just i would consider him more and someone who was lost to drugs only he was way younger yeah. jim morrison was another one of those 27 club 27 people Right there, just hear the bass. No, I was listening to Scott going around. Pushing these head, these earbuds in my ear yeah. is what it requires to really hear it. Yeah. And when I hear it, it almost sounds like I'm trying to hear music through a wall. <laughs> That's what the bass sounds like. It's not as pumped as the last song, but he is just all over the place. Yeah, I've never noticed that. He's That's interesting. Just like... I think he needs to be more respected as a bass player than he is. And he might be. I don't know. I'm not like I've never really... heard anyone talk about the DeLeo brother. I haven't either, but... I think he's fucking crushing it. He's 
I think he's just as good as like the guy from Rancid. Remember like, when we did Rancid and Operation Ivy? Not. I was talking. I fucking love the bass player on that one. Right. Yeah, I've never noticed that before. <laughs> yeah, it's the shit. It's nice. Yeah, he's the shit. <laughs> it, Without it makes him, the song sounds so much differently when you really listen. Yeah, it's awesome. He's adding groove. Yeah, a lot of groove. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I think he's the unsung hero of this fucking band. Uh, he, I'm championing for this Deleo brother. For the the Dracula hero Deleo yeah. brother. I slicked back like he's going to sell you a fucking car. And the other one looks more like uh, Steven Tyler. Yeah, he's got more of a druggy look. What are their names? Did you ever find out it's Robert? Uh, Robert and... Deleo is the bass player. Um, Dean. It's Dean. Dean Deleo? Yes, it's Robert and Dean. Dean DeLeo. You got it. And I've never known what the drum drummer's name is. Yeah, that's unfair with these kind of bands. But he's so California looking. Is he? Oh, bleach blonde hair. But actually, I mean, it looks natural. I'm going to find his name out because we deserve to see the drummer's name. Of course. Eric Kretz. Oh, yeah, he is a California boy. Look at that motherfucker. Oh, hey, yeah. dude. Hey, dude. Sure, shut, bro. <laughs> uh-huh. And then Jeff Gutt is the guy who is the current singer. He joined in two- Jeff 2017. G-U-T-T. Oh. The Goot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it says that he was a former lead vocalist for the new metal band Dry Cell. Okay. Dry Cell. Dry Cell. I don't get it. That's a reference to a... Uh, it's kind of a stretch, but I'm. It's a play on buy sell buy sell, which is what Tracy Morgan did in a skit where oh, he God. was a homeless man who lived in a sewer and sang with uh, Britney Kate Spears. H- no, Kate Hudson oh. came down. Oh, and he's like, you're just laughing. Nobody, nobody knows what's going on right now. Because it's so funny to me, and I've just laughed hysterically to this so much that he's just like. Mr. Rubberface, I'm from outer space. Kibbles and bits, tiny mouse tits. <laughs> yes, I love you. Like, it's just ridiculous shit. And he picks up because he pretends to have money, even though he's clearly a homeless guy living in a sewer. And he picks up something that's not a phone. And he goes, ring, ring, ring. And he picks it up and puts it to his ear. And he's like, buy, sell, buy, sell. <laughs> 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 like buy and sell, like he's doing a stock shit. Okay, I get it. <laughs> that, that was the stretch, but it's so funny to me. That's such a good uh, skit. Isn't that the thing where it's like, come to my world, and like they get like, didn't Britney Spears do it too? Really like, Maybe. they get a pretty girl to come down into the like sewer. Oh, you might be thinking of um, Rocket. I'm taking a rocket. Uh, pack it by suitcase. That's when they go to like they're on a planet, and it's yeah. Because Britney Spears was like, oh, "This is our planet," and blah blah blah, blah 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 blah. And then Tracy Morgan's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Why don't you drop out of that dress and show me that fat ass?" <laughs> and then the whole fucking thing just ends. And he did that with multiple people. <laughs> 
Uh, Wayne, get down off the screen door. God damn it. These, anim- these black animals are such <laughs> handfuls. Hey, hey. They're the youngest. They're the kids. They're yeah. the ones who are constantly getting into They're the shit. rambunctious ones. That's, and there he goes again. How many tracks we got left? Uh, only three. Let's three? get back. Jeez. Well, three one is uh, three one. Okay. This next one is not an actual song, I but I'm gonna you. let it play. This is what my bed will play into Cracker Man. Out of all the things on here, this was the weirdest, like most experimental one. It came from some. I don't remember what it. I don't think he's not like reading something, but. I read something about this that I can't remember now because I have a dog climbing up on me and putting her wet nose on my chin, and it's disgusting. Is it a note that his father left him? No, it's like a play on something. Like it's. I can't remember. I'm sorry. It's fine. I didn't need an explanation on it anyway. I just thought it was guys being weird. I'm wrong. Most of the songs are are written by mostly the DeLeo brothers, mostly Robert DeLeo from this album. So you're you're correct. Yeah, you can tell they're his babies by the way he's playing the fucking bass. He also apparently wrote this, but I assume that's I don't know what that means exactly. But yeah, I can't remember what I read that this was. Team Robert DeLeo. Is that where he was found, by the way? No. no. Scott Wyland was found in his bunk, wasn't he? In his tour bus? Mm-hmm. I was on the I was on the road when I found out. I remember being very sad but very not surprised. Did I text you first or did you text me? I don't remember. I know I was in front of a gas station with Bill Mann speaker sitting in my passenger seat in my Mazda, and we were looking at a wall that said two for three thirty-three. Like the whole 333 thing with Green Jello. Yeah. And then I looked at it with my phone. And I was like, Scott Weiland's dead. And Mansfinger's like, what? So that's like, I remember the exact look of the gas station. I remember where I was. I don't remember where I was in the country. Yeah. But I know I was in front of a gas station with a band that said two for 333. They were hot dogs. I don't remember exactly. You may have told me. You I may have sent me a text. I you, and you were like, what? That's another thing. Like, it, it, It's not surprising when you know someone who struggles with when they're playing with fire so much, but it doesn't make it not sad that yeah. someone who is talented loses a battle with addiction because addiction isn't... I mean, it's it's rough stuff, especially when you see someone like him physically fade away in right? front of your eyes. Sucks. And he didn't do it, like, fast, either. Like, no, it was really drawn out. Like, sometimes he'd be like, hey, Scott Wyland's doing good again. And then, oh, Scott Wyland got in trouble again. Scott Wyland's doing good again. Ah, Scott Wyland's all fucked up again. Well, he's also be fucked up and fight with his wife. Yeah, sometimes. And who, and sometimes, I don't know how embellished things that she would say. You get abusive? Uh, I think that she may have accused him of stuff, but I don't know. I don't know, when someone's in a fucked up rage, who knows what's going on. Uh, when, you, when you're fucked up on drugs, it's no excuse. It doesn't make it right. But no, like, but... You're a different person when you're doing a different shit like that. Which is why you really need to stop doing stuff like that, because you're still the one making those choices. Right, and it yeah, sucks. Yeah. He died uh, December 3rd, 2015. Nine days before your birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. He died in Minnesota. Damn. What a place to die. Minnesota in December, boo. 
active in 1985. I think that's when they actually met each other. When Robert and Scott met each other and decided You're to form born, a You're born, you too. Um, it's... With Scott Weiland, it's one of those deals, like you said, you know, you kind of expect it and you don't get surprised when that happens, but it's like... These people mean so much to, like... Like, I'm thinking of Dave Brocky from Gore when I'm talking about this. Like, they meant so much to me. And you wanted to see them not do this. And, like, in this case with Scott Weiland, you're like... You wanted to see him back with STP. Uh-huh. You want to go see STP again. You want that thing that's going on now with so many bands. We're like, we're getting together and we're all healthy again. And we found out the problems we had were all stemmed because we were on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted that to happen, and it sucks. Yeah. When it's taken away, not just for like your selfish reasons, like I'm not going to get this anymore. Yeah, but family. Like, you lost your time to shine. Yeah. You could have. You could have been more popular. Not that popularity is what he's looking for, but you could have done more. You could have you could have experienced what life is actually like because it seems like everyone has to get older and they find out what is actually truly important to them. And then they're like, it turns out the thing I was doing when I was 20 I, is what I loved. Yeah. And now I'm back with those guys. And it's like, could have been the thing for him and never will be. So I feel bad because I don't think the song was ever talked about at all. Oh. I think that last song fucking rules. Yeah, that song's pretty good. It's That's the that's uh, another song that's gotten radio play that I, I read. Yeah. I mean, it's another song that's been around for as long as I can remember. That's one that your nephew referenced. I was like... Oh, really? <gasps> that song gives me like a go-go dancer vibe. Like if there's like a song that would be on a... Like a... Video game about mm. cars, <laughs> and Stone Table Pilots had to put a song on there. It's that song. It's not an Interstate Love song because it's too laid back. Yeah, no. Just because it's got a road word in there doesn't qualify. But so, it's got like a real like. Look at the checkerboard flag. The race. I think the song is way better than what you are chalking it up to be. Oh, no, it's good. It just gives me that vibe. Like, Road Rash 3D, it could have been on there. Like, there's a. There's a sh- the energy is one of the things I really like about yeah. it. There's I a think Sugar Ray song that's like got energy like that. Do you know Sugar Ray had a. Yes, Sam. Okay. Everyone knows that. Right. And then they're like, I just want to fly. I'm a vine in the sky. I'm so high. Yeah. No. One more song, Where the River Goes. I think this song is also fantastic. I think there are a lot of songs that are really good on this album. And I think that the last two songs on the album are very good in particular. For this being a more mellow song, I think it fucking jams. It does jam. I'm going to say it for the 40th time. Listen to the bass. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hear the bass more in this song than normal, actually. They do crank this one up a little bit. Like, he's bridging that gap between the guitar player, what he's playing... And, and what drummer. the drummer's mm-hmm. doing. I really hear this song. doing it so well. I think this song is just done so well. It is. Scott Wine is... Too, I don't know if you... Like, now we found out maybe Robert wrote the vocals, but... His voice just fits perfect in this sound. It's just like Lane Staley's voice. Fit perfect in that sound. Just sits so well. It, it has an aggression to it, even if he's not always being aggressive. Yeah, no. And there's a rasp to it, and 
It's nice. I think I think Scott Weiner was a fantastic singer, honestly. I don't think he was as technically as good as like Chris Cornell, but I think that there's a grooviness to Stentacle Pilots that's more up my lane, whereas Soundgarden sometimes did, even though I enjoy them a lot, sometimes they maybe went a little more metal for me. I mean, he's straight up doing like, Whoa! But that's the thing, because I love when he goes crazy with his vocals sometimes too, yeah. so I don't know. I think, I think Scott Weiland is able to emote just as much as Chris Cornell with less. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm feeling it just as much as I do when Chris Cornell sings. But Chris Cornell is using 12 tools at his disposal where Scott Weiland's using five or six. But it's just as effective. It's almost yeah. like... A guy who's like really good at something he's like, well, I don't need all that extra shit. I just need the basics, and I'm fine. <laughs> if if any of them seem like they actually like live in a shack, I would think it'd be Scott Weiland, because yeah. I think see that because I think that even though like what's his face would live in a van or something that moves. Who's Eddie Vedder? Eddie Vedder would oh, like Eddie Vedder's in like one of those camping kind of like a. Outback or whatever. Or at least has like a tent to set up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott Weiland lives in a shack where the walls are falling, like peeling off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lane Staley lives on the street. <laughs> he lives outside and he pees exactly. in a bucket exactly. and try and goes through Scott Weiland's trash can if there's and, anything. And Chris Cordell just has a regular house. Uh-huh. He just seems like the working man, like the Dockers wearing kind of guy who gets greasy. <laughs> <laughs> he does seem kind of like a, a, a mechanic. He has yeah. the mechanic vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing these weird, <laughs> stupid things. <laughs> All right. Now, who would be the Jason Michael Freddy? <laughs> well, we left out Kurt Cobain. Where would oh. Kurt Cobain live? In a house with a gunshot. Kurt Cobain lives at a crust punk house. The, with a bunch of people? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. He sleeps on someone's couch or something. Yeah, or, or on, just on the like, floor. On the floor where there's like a mattress just on the floor. In, like, the corner. I get a darkness from Scott Weiland. I do, too. That I also get from uh, Cornell and Lane Staley. I think that these three, even though, like, Nirvana, I, I don't... Not talking about them doesn't mean that I don't have any respect for them. I just don't... It's just not on our radar as much. It's less on my... Well, I wouldn't say less, because I don't know. It's definitely less for me. As far as what we've at least listened to on the podcast, we've listened to some of these other bands. I don't think we've ever done a Nirvana Didn't album. Didn't I choose a Nirvana album? I don't think so. Yeah, you wait. You did. Uh, never mind. I forgot about that. And it's fine. It's just... I don't know. Like I said, I've put Stuntable Pilots at the top of all of these. I, I mean, as long me. as I've known you... And I also... As long as I've known you as, like, a re- in a relationship, Stuntable Pilots has been... One of your bands, I would say so. Along with like Led Zeppelin, Fiona Apple, and in the early days, Rufus Wainwright. Like those are the bands I would have listed for you. And even further, your sister has represented Stone Temple Pilots to me since she middle is. school. Yeah, like since the carnival days, like going to the carnival and hearing Stone Temple Pilots songs playing in the carnival, and your sister singing every fucking word. Like she's the influence. of yeah. FSTP. Her and Jesse. Ah, Jesse too, huh? Mm-hmm. So like, it's almost like 
It's almost like the Gibson girls represent STP to me. We like anyway. Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> oh, what can we say? My dad likes them too. Oh, and that's what's cool about these bands in this era, like Allison Chains. My dad likes. Like they could yeah. reverse that barrier for parents, where it's like it's so much harder for a parent to like be like, "Yeah, Poison. Uh, I really like what he's listening to." You know, that's so polarizing. Or even like Slayer or any of the shit that I listen to. It's so much more like you're either going to have a parent that's like, okay, whatever, I'm just not going to listen to it, or your parent's going to be like, that devil music's not going to be in my fucking house. This stuff seemed to be more like older people thought it was cool, too. Well, it's also not super um, vulgar. Oh, I don't think so. So I think it, it has... It's not. It's never, you're right. It's I never can't think of any vulgar. of those bands that got super fucking vulgar. The only one who got vulgar who was the one who was not... As, um, which I mean, I think that what raped me, uh, Nirvana probably did sometimes, and they were the ones who had the biggest spotlight on them at the time. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone actually. No. I can't think of any song by like House of Chains or Soundgarden or STP that's like, I want to fuck you like an animal. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a different. It just has like a rock and roll vibe, kind it of. Does, but also kind of like Black Sabbath and stuff. Who I don't think said a lot Those of bad vulgar, words. No, they they're just more maybe, just talking about sometimes the dark side of life. Yes, and I get that from a lot of these bands, and I think that that was maybe something that was appealing because things like Slayer or Poison or something are more polarizing either visually or because of the lyrics. And they were going that extra mile. To get you, your parents to not want They were also trying it. to be like, they were really sexualized in the yeah. 80s with oh, those Motley Crue for sure. metal bands and stuff. Yeah. And you like glam metal? Oh, I was going to say this earlier. You know how we were talking about, like, what is it like, you lump all these bands as grunge, like, what's really... And I thought, you know what helps lump all those bands in as one thing more than anything? Is visual. Especially in this era, like all oh, their yeah. first early albums. How people are dressing. All kind of how they're dressing, what their videos are looking like, where they're getting like that, like, faded film look to them mm-hmm. and like a lot of quick cuts and like scratchy film look. I think it's that what's really is linking them all as like one genre of I, of I rock. bet they're also kids of hippies. Because they did have, especially in the early days, a lot of guys had a hippie vibe. There were some While still being vibe. like punks. Mm-hmm. Like I think even the Interstate Love Song video has like a psychedelic look to it, yep. even though the song itself isn't psychedelic at all. It does, isn't that the one with like the dogs that are? Wait, no, like in a car. Yeah, and the colors are just kind of like different. And shit's like warped out and stretched and weird at point points. Black hole sun. That's psychedelic too. It's just like mm-hmm. dismal psychedelic, yes. like depressed. Well, like Black like, Sabbath, like Seattle psychedelic rain psychedelic <laughs> yeah there's a darkness to it and a heaviness darkness but it's not and it's not like brutal and nasty and in your face and it's not talking about sex or killing people or, or anything or it's, anything like that it's just like down yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and you know that's my style yeah <laughs> i I can get into that pretty well myself. Uh, we are finished listening to the album, unfortunately. I love that album so much. I'm still going to say it's pretty fucking flawless. I think it's pretty great, uh, especially for a debut album. Very impressive. Uh, uh, but we are at the part of the podcast. I apologize for that, or maybe I don't. Uh, let's go over some questions. 
Totally the best question song of all time still. Never been better. Do you know what mine was an honor to? And I'm going to want you to find this eventually. DJ Khaled playing in the Bob Marley guitar that was gifted to him. I, okay, I think I know this. Do you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't really bad. Oh my god. I, I think what I just did was better than what he did. It's fucking awful. I think what you did on the river was better than what DJ Khaled did. <laughs> All right, so I chose this because it's classic. I I don't want to I don't want to get too comfortable, and I thought about this recently, maybe last night, and into okay. just choosing, because I know that we sometimes it's like let's listen to this song by this band, and then let's listen to this or, or this album, and then let's listen to this other album by the same band. Like I don't want to get too comfortable in that, but. I would say that especially the first two STP albums are very important to me. And I think they're, they're pretty different. Uh, so I think that, but I also consider this flawless and I consider very few albums just flawless. And I think that this is a stellar uh, thing to come out with as your first album. Yeah. I think they're very talented. Uh, I think this fits all of the, it, it checks all the boxes of, this is something that I enjoy. This is something I've enjoyed for a long time. I know I have technically shared it with you by playing it in the vehicle oh, yeah. Yeah. with you, but to actually make, I want to hear your opinions, I guess, about this album because it's, it's it matters listens to me. like this that allow me to hear what Robert DeLeo is actually doing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what matters. Um, so do you know how many times you listen to this? Yeah. I know this got spread out a little more. We didn't record this last weekend. Uh, and it's already Friday of the next week, so um, it might be a little more than usual. It's three, my minimum, and some extras, like getting started here and there, picked up here and there. So I can't really gauge how many times. But, but it's more than... Th- I started it more than probably seven times. Okay. Like it would just... I would start doing something. I'd be like, hey, what am I going to listen to? I'd be like, fuck it. I'll just put the STP album back on again. And I'd get like four songs done, and then I'd get done what I was doing, and then I would just get moved along you know so i don't really remember honestly you've been jamming it not a ton but it's probably been about realistically six or seven times (laughs) all the way through um blah 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 who least favorite song this is hard man now we're not counting those two things right like we usually do uh, I mean, you technically can. I don't th- because they are. I mean, they're musical. They're things they happening, are, but but they're not full actual yeah, songs. I don't feel right choosing them. So that's really up to you. However, you want to do that. Um, I don't know what the song is called, but you're gonna know what I'm talking about. It's Hopefully. that one that I said every band in this era had that type of song. It's that real funk. Is that piece of pie? I think it's Naked Sunday. I think it's the song we listened to before we went to break, but I could be wrong. Let me know if it's this one. Absolutely this song. Naked Sunday. Yeah, it's a fine song. It's good. doesn't piss me off. It's not bad. It's just there's other stuff on here that's more, way more impactful. I'm and gonna- this... And every band that has this type of song, it's my least favorite song on their album. I'm not surprised <laughs> that you chose this, honestly. Yeah. Like, I kind of thought when, when I was listening to this that this might be your least favorite. Yeah. So. But I still enjoy it. I especially enjoy the image in my head of all these like colorful punk hippies just being like, we're weird. Twirling around <laughs> yeah, on yeah, yeah. 
on psychedelics. Um, <laughs> I also am choosing the song, so I'm just going to keep it playing. Cool. It's not a bad song. I think it's fine. But it's just... It probably affects me the least amount. Yeah. It's just kind of... It's more a jam song, but it's not something that I'm going to be like, I really want to... Well, I mean, unless it's in my head and I want to get it out, but... Again, I, I dislike no songs in this album, so... Not super easy to choose, but I do... I, I'm not prepared for this next question. All right. Most favorite, I will go first. Uh, for me, there's so many good songs for different reasons. Um, I'm really kind of struggling choosing right now, though. Because yeah. it's for me, it's always been Cracker Man. Oh, really? Because I love when it starts and it goes. But this week, Where the River Goes, the last song has been... Uh, really kind of it's been creeping in more so uh i'm this whole time i was gonna give it to cracker man but i'm gonna say where the river goes the last song which is odd i think it's a nice groove man i would never guess this but it's a good song it is a good song and it's and i it's just been stuck in my head a lot this week so It's just it's a real feel-good song, and I think that it being at the end of an it's album, right next to Elsa Chain, it feel, <laughs> it's like in a good way. It's uh, I think it's a good way to end the album. It's a it's a nice groove. It feels good, but I still I mean Cracker Man is just right there, also because that's been my favorite for years. Uh, have you come up with the favorite? I do believe so. Excuse me, people. I've been yawning this whole time, and I've been pretty good at hiding it until then. Um, I do believe my favorite song, and it's based off of a very killer bass line the whole time, okay. and just it has some real, it's just classic STP, and the song is track number three. Oh, Wicked Garden. Wicked Garden. I don't think I saw this coming. It's got everything on STP that, like, you could play this song and be like... If you like this song, you will like this album. (laughs) I think that's fair. Um, Bass. But most importantly, uh, it's got this like real heavy like main riff to it. I think it's coming after. Is this? This is another long one. But I, it's all good. Anyway. Crushing it. Good stuff. Robert DeLeo, baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would love to go back and listen to the other SDP podcast, and you're probably going to hear me the whole time like, Robert DeLeo, baby. <laughs> so how old was I when I first started listening to this? This one's tough. I was, I think it was early in high school because I remember I looked through Roxanne's CDs okay, and I saw that she had this album and I was just like I love that album and I wasn't necessarily listening I mean I've never been someone who listens to technically heavy music but uh, this album I mean this band just very quickly stuck on me uh, and I enjoyed this album I don't I can't be that I can't really be much more specific I just know I've always liked it some songs more than others more in the beginning I'm sure uh, but for me now, it's a good all the way listen through album. 
would I recommend this today? I would absolutely recommend it. I like it very much. I've said that a lot during yeah. this podcast. I I just think it's a really good album front to back. That question is sometimes hard because sometimes you can love an album and you might not necessarily recommend it. Mm-hmm. Even me, who's not like... I mean, I think this is a really good album and I'll, uh, this is a... I guess what I'm getting around to say, even I would recommend this album. I'd really? Like, Are you into rock and roll? People would be like, yeah, well, give me some stuff to... Lo-. Like, you know when Chris told us, like, like, if somebody like him who, like, I wasn't really allowed to listen to a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and I've started, in, like, I'm starting to get into things, I figured out I like rock and roll. What should I listen to? I'd be like, well, maybe give Soundgarden a try. Maybe even give STP a try. <laughs> like, this would make the list. Would you do mostly bands from like the '60s and the '90s? <laughs> I guess I'd for ask, rock music. If they wanted, I guess I'd get into detail. Like, are you talking '90s rock? Or are you talking classic rock? <laughs> oh man, Michelle's about to get beetled. Oh, it's and a not talking. It's a moth. We're not talking the Liverpool, the lads from Liverpool. God, that cat just that, Wayne. Wayne does full on uh, risky business slides all the time <laughs> in the house. All the time. You just. I'm glad that this flooring all uh, needs to be replaced eventually because he's just ripping and tearing. Not too bad up here. It's not. Got some too, dents. It's not too great up here. Um, would you ever listen to this album again? On my own, I don't listen to STP on my own, but. I'd be more than happy if you put it on around me. You know, like, this is an easy listening album. In fact, if I ever get in a vehicle again with someone else that's, like, riding with me and stuff, and I got to think of an album, I've told said this before, like, I run out of shit to listen to around people. This needs to stay in my memory. This would be a good one to put on. Or I wouldn't be miserable. And even if the other person is, I'd be like, well, you're being unreasonable. Like, I wouldn't feel bad about this. I'll feel bad about, like... Oh, what? You don't want to listen to Dying Fetus with me? I get it. You don't want to listen to Frank Zappa with me? I get it. This, I'd be like, okay, you're shut the fuck up. You just don't <laughs> like rock and roll, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, rating this 0 out of 10 all over the rock and roll cats, I will go first. Man. I think that this m- is so solid. I am truly go- I'm going 9.5. I wouldn't have been surprised if you gave it a 10. Uh, I don't know that I've given anything a 10. I know. I thought this might have been... I think that's rough to give something a 10, but I don't know that one. anything is going to get closer than this. So I'm saying 9.5. I'm going to give this an 8.5. Wow. It's a very good album. It's a very good showing. Not once was I annoyed. Not once was I like, Oh man, it's a chore listening to this because of content. Mm-hmm. Never that it did not happen ever. Never skipped anything. I really thought that this was going to be an easier listen yeah, for it, you. It was. It really was. It's, this is easier than Pearl album. Jam. This was easier than Nirvana. I think like, so. This is uh, this is way more at my alley. And I didn't realize how much there was on this fucking first album. Yeah. That was like, like a hit. And like you said, not even maybe there a single only hit. three singles. But like a hit with people I knew. A hit on the radio. Like so all e- this shit was. Even though Sex Type Thing was the first single, the album debuted at number three on the Billboard charts. So it was... That's a strong fucking showing. It was... Uh, maybe Unless it was just the Billboard rock charts. But either way... It doesn't matter. It's good. Yeah. So good for them. Um, describe this album in one word. I'm going to say satisfying. 
this gives me a lot of what I want out of a rock album, honestly. It's not gratuitous. It's never it never makes me feel uncomfortable. I think everyone is really talented. I think it flows well. There aren't any duds. It's something I can listen to all the way through from front to, to back, and that's not often the case. Yeah. Uh, I'm a lot pickier than I'd like to be. Uh, so <laughs> I feel that way a lot. <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, about food. <laughs> satisfying is what I'm going to say. Cool. One word. I got mine. Yes, you're next. Bass. <laughs> I was almost just going to say Robert, but... <laughs> Bass. Bass. And not like... Bass. Bass. That's it. Like like the ace of. He is the ace of bass on this <laughs> album. Robert fucking DeLeo. Nice. I, like I hope he didn't lose that shine with later STP. Like I hope he didn't... Become complacent and like bring back his playing because before it's really fucking good. Before we move along to the next uh, the next thing, do you want to sample the last uh, album that they put out with a new with a new singer with a new singer? Oh yeah, it we came have out to. in twenty twenty. Absolutely. Okay, so I don't know any of these songs. Um, let's see, the first single, "Fare Thee Well." So we will listen to Fare Thee Well. This is Jeff Rotol. Jeff Gutt as the lead singer. Jeff Gutt Rotol. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. Well, so far, I don't really hear bass. I think you chose a goddamn dud. That was the single. He almost kind of has like a Scott sound. He does. He's going voice. for it. Yeah, they're going the Journey style. Uh, these are slow songs. Why are these all slow? What the hell? What, what the hell? The fuck! They just have a different sound now. Is that what's happening? <laughs> they Steely Dan does. <laughs> it is Steely Dan. What is happening? Why is every song like this? Something, please. Is this gonna rock? Or is it gonna... Is this gonna rock? Rock! It wants to rock! Please! Go to the middle of the song. It's definitely going for a Scott Wilde song. It really, really, really is. Well, fuck! None of it... No, it's like folky now. Yeah. No. What happened to the band? <laughs> wow. What a way to end this podcast. <laughs> wow. Well, let's li- li- let's listen to a song real quick with uh, Chester Bennington. Okay. And see, this is what I listen to. This sounds like STP with Chester Bennington. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. Hmm. I definitely like it way more than the folk music that we just listened to. There's energy in it, yeah. and it sounds more like Stunt About Pilots, so I will agree yeah. with that. Yeah. But listen to Robert DeLeo. 
still know who the star is. It's that's like a, the thing. It still sounds like Stone Temple Pilots, but it's just Chester Bennington's voice over top yeah. of it. It's not the Stone Temple Pilots that Stop I. To you. <laughs> you can. I think it just goes to show you sometimes maybe need to let the bands go. You know, like I don't think that they should just keep slapping new singers on. Maybe or just tour. There's nothing wrong with and just, stopping writing music and just doing the and hits. just go out. And play your fucking songs. There's nothing wrong with it. That's rough stuff. So, uh, speaking of rough stuff, my cousin Chris will be back next <laughs> week. But we're at, he's that actually, was a jab. <laughs> that was a jab. It's not against Chris. Chris I no, love Chris. Because we've already know what now this is. And it's been rough. <laughs> yeah, we will be recording with Chris in 12 and a half hours. So... Uh, We'll well, preview. It's been a little hard. <laughs> so I, I've, we've never given that much sneak peek on an next episode. I, I mean, I, we've given some, but this shit is not. I don't know. I'm so glad that Chris is not going to hear this before we record this episode. <laughs> this is so rough. Um. <clears throat> So we will be listening to OK Orchestra by AJR. Yes, AJR, the famous brothers. They're all brothers. I know not you know more than I do. Yes, I do. I was literally just going to say that and then stop talking about it. I've actually got a unique take on this whole thing coming at you, Michelle. A unique New York. Yeah, a unique it, New York. We have a different experience with this, and sometimes that happens. I think that's usually what, how we roll. That's how we roll. Plus, it's always interesting to hear what the person's going to come in and tell us about this artist. Yeah, I don't know what his connection is to it, and that's nope. more important than the music itself. I bet his kids like it. I would assume so. It sounds good, like it's made for kids. I bet it's a good family album. They went, I think, recently as a family and saw them in concert. It's probably a good family concert. So I, I'm sure that there's some sort of a tie-in. We'll figure it out in the next episode. Who knows? Uh, thank you for listening. I think this yeah. has been fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let us know if you uh, want to go fuck yourself. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was going to go a different direction. Yeah, I did. Bye. All right, bye, everyone. <laughs>